it's one of those things where you know it's not good, but you're still watching it. Like this podcast. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. We got a good one today. Appreciate you being with us. Again, I'm Matthew. I'm the host. You can find my stuff at matthewepierce.com. Bringing in two co-hosts, I will introduce them now. Point of Grace, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Thanks for having us. Ashley Abramson and Kate Watson, how are you guys doing? We are good. good. so excited to be here. Yeah, we out here. <laughs> they are from Upright Magazine. They are the, what's your official title? Zaruses? Sources. I like that. Of editor editors in chief, I guess, of Upright Magazine. Co-founders. Co-founders of Upright Magazine. Very exciting. They have asked me to contribute to Upright Magazine, um, which I will be doing just as soon as I can edit my uh, erotic Song of Solomon fan fiction into the correct <laughs> length. The pressure is on. Yes. We didn't talk about that though, did we? <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, tell us what, what is Upright Magazine? Kate, go for it. So basically when Ashley and I met, which was a hashtag Holy Spirit moment in and of itself, um, great back. Define met though, Kate. <laughs> Not vibes, real Holy Spirit moment where I was following Ashley on Instagram as many, as more than 2,000 other people do, I think. 2,400. Yeah, to be exact. So I was plus or minus. I was following Ashley on Instagram, and I decided that she would be my best friend. I emailed her, and together, basically over a series of maybe four or five weeks, we decided that we wanted to start a project that would be anti-clickbait, pro-encouragement, pro-hope, and sort of get out of the mire and muck of content mills and writing that doesn't inspire us. Um, we wanted to start a project that was writing that we wanted to read and featured voices that we felt kind of get lost in the mix when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at the websites that would typically come to mind for our target audience, which will remain unnamed. <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> so wait, was that a subtle dig at relevant? No, we would never dig relevant because we both write Shout for, out to Aaron Hanbury. We both write for relevant. and <laughs> We both do. Yeah, so we would never, never dig relevant out loud on a podcast. I but, mean, why do you guys hate relevant? <laughs> um, so anyway, together we started this project, and we've been going strong since July. And that was like first trimester vibes. Like we started this online magazine when we were both like head in the toilet all day not knowing who's going to post the article for that day. It was so crazy. Basically, we would wake up and text each other and decide who was sick. Who's less sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're more sick. Okay. So you don't do anything today. I'll do everything today. I'm actually <laughs> in the hospital hooked up to an IV. Can you take care of Upright today? <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. And with the time difference, too, with the three-hour time difference and having toddlers, and it's been, honestly... It was one of those things where we started the magazine, we didn't know what would happen, we didn't know who would write for it, if anyone would even want to, and I can't believe that with all of the 
things that happened in between in both of our lives, we're still doing it. Um, and it's actually, I think, getting even better and zeroing in now and finding a following. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I think we're uh, pushing 350 followers on Twitter. So, okay. Well, until this interview, when it plummets. <laughs> yeah, don't add us. <laughs> don't add us. Tell people where they can uh, where they can find it, where they can find your Twitter handle. Yeah, so we're on um, all social media at Upright Mag, um, and I should clarify that Upright is a pun spelled U P W R I T E. Um, and then if you want to hit up our website, we're at uprightmagazine.com. Hmm. Okay. Um, random question: Do they have do they have porn bots? on Instagram that follow you like on Twitter. Yeah. There's this Matthew E Pierce guy that follows us. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had salty sex tapes and I didn't want to click on it, but I think it's a porn bot. <laughs> well, you said you were down for random comments and that, that was like my random question when you said you met each other on Instagram. I was like, I wonder, cause I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> I, like, I, I looked for you, yeah. I wonder if there's the, the spam bots on Instagram. I think they did a big, like, spam bot cleanse recently. Yeah, they did a purge. Every time I lose followers, I'm like, oh, they were just clearing out the spam bots. Mm. <laughs> yeah, nothing personal, just spam bots. That's a, that's a big part of my Twitter audience is, like, I get a bunch of followers, and it's just, like, repressed ex-homeschoolers, and then... And then Spam bots where, like, the profile picture is just a butt. <laughs> and it's like, okay. We get a lot of the egg followers. <clears throat> if you had to date, if you had to go on a date with James Dobson or John Piper, who would you pick and why? Oh, my gosh. Ashley, you go first. Well, I almost went on a date with John Piper the time I accidentally almost hit him with my car last year. Okay. <laughs> He was emerging out of a local pizza joint with a fellow theologian, and I was turning right, and he was in the crosswalk, and it was uh, predestined, I guess. You know, yeah, I'm just, it's like I'm a just, sliding doors moment. I'm just not sure. He gave pizza, me a glare. I'm not sure the pizza is biblical. I'm going to have to take that up with him. <laughs> and it was an expensive pizza place. Like, I told a couple friends that I saw him walking out of this place. Pizza Luce, and they were like, I'm a little disappointed that that place serves beer. <laughs> John Piper should stick to Domino's only. Oh, Domino's. Let's talk about their new crust, though. Mm-hmm. I think I would go on a date with um, Jim Dobson, Jimmy Dobson. Nice. <laughs> You're on a nickname basis. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because I want to see if there are any lenses in his gigantic glasses. That he's been wearing since approximately like 1968. What if what if he insisted on you calling him Big JD? Would that ruin it for you? That would I'd be really into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, well, I thought Jimmy was informal enough, but we can take this to the next level. It's fine. <laughs> he's pretty woke. I I sometimes wonder if I had to go on a date with Tammy Faye Baker. Or Jan Crouch, who would I pick? Uh huh. And I think I'd probably have to take Jan Jan Crouch because Tammy Faye Baker, like she, like all the tears, like in the mascara runoff, would just <laughs> sort of get over all the food. 
and drip on the food as we were eating. Well, wait a second. What if you had to go on a date with Gloria Gaither or Michelle Duggar? Ooh, um, Gloria Gaither might try to sing, so that rules her out. Yeah, you don't want to hear her sing. I'd probably, I'd probably take the Duggaris. And because um, <laughs> we could. What I about could, Joyce Meyer or Beth Moore? Um, pre or post plastic surgery, Joyce Meyer. Post. Post. Okay, so that's dangerous because she's got the perma smile now. So I could never. And tell she's got she, a private jet though. But I could never tell if she's actually unhappy because, like, they fashioned a smile <laughs> on her face. <laughs> and let's be real, Beth Moore's looking pretty, pretty good. Beth Moore looks real good every day. It's those precept studies, man. I think that Beth Moore is the Christian Beyonce. She, she's a very small woman. She might need to eat a sandwich. A sandwich? <laughs> well, that's what the date would be for. Yes, I'd, I'd take her to a sandwich shop. See if I could, see if I could get her to eat a little bit. But get her a bon me. Would it be a craft beer serving sandwich shop or just like regular? <laughs> well, I'd, uh, I just. I think the size of the sandwich is irrelevant as long as I could uh, douse it in essential oils. I think it would be fun. Is that your segue into my MLM? <laughs> <laughs> Why do Christian women love essential oils so much? Is my question. I, I listen. I don't. I don't understand a lot of things about Christian women. Least of those not being Gilmore Girls. <laughs> oh boy. I think it's because essential oils Instagram so well. I, I, I guess. I mean, I, I really don't have an, a working opinion on any of No insight, <laughs> no opinion on essential oils. Yeah. But I do have an opinion on Gilmore Girls. All right. Shoot. Uh, I want to know. It's not good. It's just not good. That's, 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 my, that's my hot take on Gilmore Girls. Well, the show? The, the entire show isn't the good? The entire show? Yeah, like when we first got married, like my wife uh, would try to get me to watch it with her, so I'd watch a couple episodes, and uh, I guess it was just like the buzz of like uh, the honeymoon, because like I could, I actually did watch a couple episodes with her, uh, but the buzz wore off, and then I was like, I can't do this So you've anymore. dabbled. Yes, I've dabbled, and I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore, I'm sorry. Well, how did that affect your marriage? Um, I, I think, I think we're to the point now where it's like, okay, we... She understands. I can just sort of do my own thing. She can do her own thing. So did she watch the uh, recent, what was that? Like, I don't watch it. The Kate revival. does, though. Reunion? Revival? All right, Kate, we'll put you on the spot. What's, why is Gilmore, what's going on with Gilmore Girls and why is it so good? Um, I don't really think that Gilmore Girls is good. <laughs> But I do really like it. It's one of those things where you know it's not good, but you're still watching it. Like this podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I feel like it's that thing where nostalgia is wrapped together with entertainment references, and you can't recognize anymore that what you're watching is really bad. Mm. So, so it is bad. Lorelai is pretty much the worst female character I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> well, is that is that the mom? Yeah, that's the mom. That's okay. when I'm watching Gilmore Girls and my husband walks in. Like, one time I was watching Gilmore Girls and my husband walked in and then he walked back out. He left the house. 
<laughs> he just didn't say anything and left the house because their their voices are very. They talk too fast. Yeah. yeah. You talk so fast, and I, I mean, I'll cop to it though. I really, I loved the revival. I thought it was not good. Again, it's not good, but I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Taco Bell. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's exactly what it's like. Like, it's not good, but I always want it. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true Gilmore Girl fan, which you're not. Which no one really is if they really think about it. There's no defending Gilmore Girls, especially to, like, a male audience member. Did you know that there's a podcast called Gilmore Guys? Yes, I actually looked that up. Yes, I've heard about this. I'm alarmed, to say the least. <laughs> and every episode is like two hours long. Oh, it's, my gosh. Every episode corresponds to a Gilmore Girls episode. <sighs> I'm talking about the episode for two hours or more. Oh, man. Yeah, I, just, I don't want to get to know those guys. I don't know anything about those guys. I'm just going to assume that during a zombie apocalypse, they will be among the first eaten. <laughs> yeah, they definitely weren't part of the homeschool movement. I think they definitely don't listen to Mark Driscoll. No. <laughs> Mark Driscoll no, may also be among the first eaten. <laughs> the Walking Dead uh, Gospel Coalition edition. <laughs> I think I did. A, I think I did a blog post about that one time of like which theologian would last the longest during the zombie apocalypse. I love the one you did about. Um, which gospel coalition members could I beat in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> so, who does last the longest? What was your conclusion? Do you Obvious, remember? Obviously, it's Franklin Graham. <laughs> you I love, love Franklin. You Graham. love Franklin Graham. He's like, uh, what's the word? He's like your, like your alter ego, maybe. I, like I, when Matthew self actualizes. <laughs> yeah, he, the he will be Franklin version of you is Franklin Graham. I think my id projects as that version of Franklin Graham. Let's all share which modern theologian we most <laughs> identify with on an id level. <laughs> well, what see, is modern? How far back are we going? To, do they have to be alive? Yeah, I mean, don't don't play yourself and say G.K. Chesterton. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking like people who tweet. Okay. Living or dead. <laughs> no living what happens to your twitter when you die well we know what happens to your facebook when you die yeah does twitter do something like that like a memorial do you want to try <laughs> I, I, I followed roger ebert until he died on twitter and then it was kind of strange because his wife took over his twitter account and would just like randomly tweet things oh from that's, account. that's it, like it, memories no, like promoting things she was doing. And it was like, oh, zombie tweets. Get your own handle. Memories would have been better. So, um, modern theologian, my redirect was because I'm so unfamiliar with theologians that tweet. So, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to. You should go Max Lucado. <laughs> I don't know. He's a little ethereal for my taste. A little too ninja-esque. You ninja, yeah. I he, loved what you tweeted at him, Matthew. Are you a, are you a ninja? Are yes, you? no. <laughs> well, this is a little bit of a sore topic for me because I'm I'm still I'm still recovering from being blocked by Joel Osteen. He blocked you. Yeah. 
you're not going to prosper now. No. Watch out. I don't think it was actually. I don't know that he actually runs his own account. I think he's got people that run his account for him. I think a lot of the bots. Ones, yeah, bots for sure. Yeah. So Kate and I have this like, if we weren't so afraid of losing followers or protecting our online reputation, mm-hmm. we think it's really funny to reply to random people's tweets and be like, "I see you hired a bot." <laughs> 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 like somebody tweets something like really vulnerable and personal about their like spiritual walk and we're like I see you hired a bot <laughs> well what was the other thing you wanted to tweet at that you wanted to say oh I see <laughs> oh I see no or um for that reason I'm out <laughs> for that reason I'm out yeah shark tank <laughs> <clears throat> at Joel Osteen for that reason I'm out what did you say to get blocked by him uh, it was just a simple question about Song of Solomon that he apparently was not. Oh, a simple question. <laughs> do you mean Do you mean a sinful question? No, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's just a simple theological question about Song of Solomon. Just that, genuinely curious. That he was not prepared to answer. It was just it was a little too real for him. He was yeah. a how did you How did you When did you start tweeting at um, like pastors and theologians and stuff? Like when did that become a thing? Uh, I don't know. Like. Probably when I just had a couple hundred followers, and I was like, you know what, I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to start tweeting random people. And then you tack on the Y slash N. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. That just always makes me laugh when I do that. You're the person who, like, was the best sport. Um, There have been a couple people that responded, like, um, Ed Stetzer responded one time. Um... A couple of guys from the Gospel Coalition will respond. Actually, Christianity Today has been the best sport. Oh, Richard Clark. Because they got to the point where they would actually tweet back. I saw that they were dialoguing with you, and I, I was like, I really want to know who's running their Twitter account. Yeah. The, I think uh, it's one of their editorial assistants. I just assume that it's Billy Graham himself. Billy Graham himself, the voice of Christianity Today's Twitter. Yeah, I... I actually asked him one time, I was like, is this Billy Graham running the account? Y slash N? (laughs) You should start tweeting at Relevant, at Cameron Strang. (laughs) No, uh, I I tweeted at Relevant last night when I asked him about the salty sex tape. (laughs) Yeah, but they weren't into it, they weren't down. Well, sometimes they take a while to respond, so maybe they're just working on their tweets. They're not nearly nearly (laughs) woke enough. (laughs) <laughs> they're busy being in Florida. I think Florida's pretty woke in Orlando where they live. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies, we have to do a faith-based movie pitch. Are you down? We're What's ready. that? Sounds awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw out a pitch for faith-based movie and I'll need your feedback. Um, I've not told you anything about this before we get started, just so we can experience this all together. Okay, so when I was 12, I was homeschooled, and my parents bought me a, one of the science books that my parents had for me. It was like this science book, this Christian science book from like the 70s, and it had this whole section about, in the book, about how like dinosaurs could still be alive on the earth. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen that. Yeah, go on. Uh, like, like nestled deep in like the Amazon forest, there could there very well be dinosaurs still alive that we haven't found that would destroy the theory of evolution. Mm-hmm. So I started, when I was like 12, I started working on this story. And I think it was called like Dinosaur Protectors or something like that. But like the gist of it was that like the government 
was sending a team of assassins into the jungle to kill all the remaining dinosaurs so that nobody would believe in creationism. Isn't that what Jurassic Park is? <laughs> and so like a Never team seen of, it, but... A team of Christians had to go into the jungle to smuggle out a live dinosaur to prove that evolution was a lie. So this is like Jurassic Park's Not Dead 2. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Featuring <laughs> Kirk Cameron. Yeah, with a screenplay by Frank Peretti. Starring <laughs> Kirk Cameron, music by Carmen. <laughs> yeah, I, do you think, Car- is Carmen the dinosaur? <laughs> I, I feel like the dinosaurs would probably be like, like really crappy CGI. Ray Bolts. The Ray only Bolt. thing I want is I have like, can we please, please have Mark Wahlberg as in the starring role? I can see that. There's another Wahlberg. I feel like in a Christian movie you have to use like the lesser, the least of the brothers of the brethren. Like how Stephen Baldwin is in every Christian movie. How about Dave Franco? Yeah, Dave Franco or like X list Wahlberg. I just. I mean, I, I, I understand where you come from. I just really want Mark Wahlberg in a faith-based movie at some point. Who would be the female, like, love interest? Okay, so Mark Wahlberg, he is a widower who has taken his family to Alaska because he lost his wife when she was treating, like, plague victims in <laughs> Africa. She got sick and this died. This really is, this sounds Not like... On a missions trip? Yeah, on a mission trip. Frank Peretti YA adaptation that I read when I was a child. I remember that very and, clearly. But go on. And then so like this this church figure, James Dobson type figure, travels to Alaska to meet with Mark Wal- widow widower Mark Will Wahlberg and, and tell him we need you to go on this trip to smuggle a dinosaur out to save Christianity. And he's like a like an Indiana Jones type. Yeah, so you can just picture him, like, sort of wandering through the jungle, like, with a boonie hat on, just sort of like, oh, are you serious? Are you serious? We got dinosaurs out here? Out here. And he's got, like, some people with him, but then there's the assassins, and of course he has a love interest, too, in the movie. So I think there's got to be, like, a sexy, tough-as-nails female assassin. Kathy Lee Gifford? Yeah, with the um, who would agree to be in this faith-based movie as the love interest? Is, oh, um, Lacey Chabert. Yeah, right. <laughs> she was in um, Mean Girls. She was in Christian Mingle the movie. Nice, that's an excellent so she, reference. So she would probably be down because she's definitely sexy, but also like probably can't quite pull off Jungle Assassin. Mm, so, yeah, she would be a bad jungle assassin. So maybe she could be, uh, I guess she could just be like an assistant. No, I actually like the idea that she's like horribly miscast as a <laughs> jungle assassin. <laughs> and then she um, meets widower Mark Wahlberg and has her, uh, unbo- has her stony heart melted by the power of his love. You know who also had a brief acting career was Jackie Velasquez? No. <laughs> she was in a movie called Chasing Poppy. And she caught flack for that because it was, like, not a Christian movie. Yeah, so she could redeem herself. Her redemption I arc. think that's on Netflix. She could be the, um, she could be, she could be the, the, his wife that died in Africa. She would be the dead wife. Didn't you crush on her pretty hard in high school, Matthew? How dare you? 
No, Rebecca St. James, hundred percent. I can tell. No, I uh, I I was crushing on Rebecca St. James, but then I dropped her because she wrote the foreword to I Kiss Dating Goodbye, <laughs> which was a betrayal. Did she? Yeah, she totally did. Is she married now? She has a whole album called like I'll Wait for You yeah, with an accompanying such, like devotional. It's such a horrible song too. Like I'll wait for you, that song. Yeah, she married the uh she married one of the guys from Foster the People. Really? That yeah. an Australian person? No, that's that pumped up kicks band. Yeah, the pumped up kicks band. So did either of you guys have journals to your future spouses? Oh heck yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. I let my husband read it the other day. Really, you gave it to Tim? Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say gave, but <laughs> we found it in my childhood, one of my childhood boxes, and he's definitely meets the qualifications. Sold out for the Lord. Sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I had stages. Like I would write letters to my future wife, um, which were really just like fevered ramblings of a desperate virgin <laughs> we had a at our like high school small group we had an activity where we had to draw this or they gave us a stick figure and his name was stan stan the godly man oh my no gosh. and we had to like write a list of like non-negotiables um and i i really think that sold out for the lord was number one on mine <laughs> well that's admirable i think what does sold out even mean <laughs> Probably wore one of the, what saved. was that Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Bible shirt with the Bible reference on it? I own that shirt. I, I totally did. <laughs> what does it say? Um, it didn't say anything. Like, instead of a Reese's logo, it just said Jesus. <laughs> did you get it at a Christian music fest? No, I got it at a Christian bookstore. Lifeway? Um, no, in this, this was a different one called One Way. <laughs> Much different. Totally different. Totally different. They probably sell Jen Hatmaker books still. Yeah, they probably do, if they're still open. Yeah, they're not nearly woke enough to to ban Jen Hatmaker. Totally. But. <clears throat> right, um, I think I had, like, a couple um, abandoned attempts at writing to my future spouse. You ever show Frank? No. I mean, every attempt at writing something like that, if I read it back, was actually probably a letter directly to whoever I was having a crush on at that time and not actually. <laughs> I wrote to my future kids even, I think. Oh, wow. wow. Like I would pray for their future spouses. Did you guys ever get sucked into that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I totally did. Wow. Pray for my kids' future spouse and their future children and their future spouses. The funny thing is I think I prayed for my kids' future spouses more before I had kids than I have since I've had kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you have to think about Ollie making out with some girl. That's a little weird. Maybe our boys can marry Matthew's girls. This could be the beginning. We never what's what's the dowry though? Well, I, I think we're just gonna we'll do that, and then we'll just form our, our our own compound deep in the Alabama woods, if that's okay. Then we'll get a reality show at last, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt style. <laughs> that's scary. No, like I definitely like started out with like the like writing prayers for my future spouse, but then I think like as I got progressively more and more desperate, like the prayers just got more and more carnal, and like by the time I got to Christian college, like I, I was really just praying like 
specific measurements at that point. <laughs> what? Down to the number, down to the inches. Yes. Did you meet your wife in college? Uh, yeah, actually at the very tail end of college. Or at the passion conference? <laughs> it was, uh, no, I, I, yeah, it was at the very end of Christian college. I met her. Where did you go? Uh, I went to a couple different Christian colleges, uh, but I wound up at Rochester College in Michigan. Wow. And that's, that's Is that I'm a sure. pretty conservative spot? I get kind of not, I mean... It's sort of middle of the road as far as Christian colleges go. I went to a Bible college, too. Actually, the one Billy Graham founded. Mm. Yeah, this was a Church of Christ school. Oh, so no instruments? No instruments. Oh, my goodness. That is very conservative. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I mean, they weren't like girls have to wear dresses everywhere to go, no holding hands. They weren't <laughs> Not like Bob Jones? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Pensacola. When I was in college and I first became a believer, I wrote a very angry letter to Bob Jones himself about legalism. Oh, you're so woke. <laughs> I know. Did he block you? No, that was before those days, but I was you're trying probably real hard to get John Piper to, <laughs> you're to sign it. Now, if you did. did you guys know that Billy Graham and uh, Bob Jones had a feud? Nice. <laughs> yeah, there was like an ongoing feud. Who would win in that fight? Yeah. <laughs> Billy Graham, 100%. Bob Jones is dead, so I would go with Billy Graham. The corpse of Bob Jones. <laughs> I think if it, came, if it came to fisticuffs, I'm definitely taking Graham, because he was a solid man. And when did he die? Wrong. Who, Billy? He didn't die. No, he's alive. <laughs> yeah, Bob Jones is dead. Billy's alive. Billy's woke. He is. He's very woke. All right, ladies, uh, do you want to pitch your own Twitter accounts, pick up a few followers that we can offend later with salty sex jokes and get them to unfollow? <laughs> Ashley, yeah, you can follow Kate at, at what Catherine said. Funny story, though, is that <laughs> I grabbed the latest <laughs> issue of Christianity Today last week, and they quoted one of her tweets wow. in their magazine and uh, spelled her handle wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I admonished her to acquire that misspelled handle in case she gets a few followers. Yeah, it's all of <laughs> it figures the first time that I'm in Christianity today, it would be some sort of gaffe. You know, the first time I was in Relevant Magazine, they, I probably shouldn't say this, but they misspelled my name in the byline. Oh, wow. Wow. They woke Relevant. But, but, but you, you got around that by founding your own magazine. Right. That was the day. And then we had the editor of Relevant write for our magazine. So, full circle, really. Well, ladies, I look forward to being featured on Upright Magazine. I'm actually just going to uh, transcribe all of my fevered letters to my future spouse, and that will be my contribution. I hope that would please do. Yeah, and tell us what her reaction was, too. That's how, the, how it could end. She was like, I'll marry you anyway. Oh, another, another Did she story. meet the standards? Did your wife meet the standards and measurements? <laughs> she, she was all that Depends I Depends if we're talking pre, during, or post-pregnancy, I guess. <laughs> she was all that I hoped for and more. I will just say that. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. She was your hot wife, as they say. Your bride. Your bride. Your hot bride. I think Mark Driscoll has a gift shop with those 
t-shirts. Hot bride. Yeah, That's how he's making a living now. It's it's very strange, like how you like when you were a teenager, how you like sort of imagined your spouse, um, and then like going back, like now looking back, thinking, man, I'm glad I didn't get everything I thought I wanted. Oh, totally. I'm so glad. No offense to all the guys I dated before Tim, but so glad <laughs> I didn't marry those bozos. <laughs> yeah, and it's I'd be like... like on staff with Campus Crusade right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, where do those ideas come from when you're like, when you're 16 and imagining, you know, this is exactly what my spouse is going to look like? Passion and purity. I, I guess. I, I don't know. Probably came from a combo of the Rebecca St. James liner note photo shoot and the dinosaur book, if I had to guess. <laughs> Actually, I was, you know, it, 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 there, was a, there was a hierarchy. Like, it was Cindy Morgan, then Jackie Velasquez, and then it was, you know, Rebecca St. James and... The, uh, the girl from Six Minutes and Under Richer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cindy Morgan is a looker. I don't blame you. She would be on my list, too. <laughs> All right. This was fun. Okay, Ashley, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, check them out at Upright Mag. Upright Mag on Twitter, Upright Magazine, the official title. And I will be contributing there shortly. Ladies, thank you for coming on the show. Stay woke, Matthew. Stay woke. You gotta be like a sexy, tough as nails female assassin. Kathy Lee Gifford? <laughs>